The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. You're tuned in to Grip It and Rip It, sponsored by LB's Meat Market. We're going to get started here in a second, but first, let's hear from LB's. Grip It and Rip It with Brian Scott Rippey is brought to you by LB's Meat Market. LB's, the preeminent butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi, the place to go for any and all of your meat needs. Just right now, they've got the Lane Train Special, a six-ounce bacon-wrapped filet for $10. they got fresh seafood, grill packs, and a lot of different types of sausages. Put simply, if your grill is in need of meat, the only place to go in Oxford, Mississippi, is LB's Meat Market. Give them a call today at 662-259-2999. That's 662-259-2999. Stop by and see them at 2008 University Avenue. That's just across the street from Kroger. It's LB's Meat Market, your butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi. Colin Brister, Ole Miss, we're truthfully recording this still with the game going on. Ole Miss is leading Vanderbilt by a lot, and we're going to go ahead and get to the postgame part of this. What's up, man? Not much. Not much. Um, just, yeah, fit, what, 54 to 14 as we start to record this? I mean, it's... Uh, yes, it's after blown. John Rice Plumley threw a strike to Braylon Sanders. John Rice Plumley noted throwing quarterback. Yeah, it was a, it was a legit throw. So, uh, yeah, it was multiple yards down the field. He did not roll out and eliminate one side of the field. A la good, Mr. Good. Richard Rodriguez. It was a, it was a nice throw. And good. To the ghost of Braylon Sanders. Where has he been? Yeah. Good to, uh, good to see things are normal. Luke Logan can't make extra points. Look, man, I think he's made half of them. I don't know what else you should expect. <laughs> Do you think Kiffin was going for two there just because he was pissed off at Logan or just because like, Ah, uh, this is the amount of points I need. 
Well, I would have said the the latter originally, but I think it's probably the former after watching the second. <laughs> I actually, uh, being a, I'm watching it with a friend at his house, uh, was watching it with a friend at his house, and being a smartass at the Luke Logan's, after his latest attempt, I stood up and said, vindication, and <laughs> thinking it had gone in, and it did not go in. So... <laughs> It was still vindication, just for a different person. I mean, I guess, but yeah. So I don't, I don't, uh, I don't really know where to start with this. But there's not really a ton to discuss in terms no. of just breaking down this Vandy this stinks. football game on the surface. Vanderbilt is horrible. It was a bad matchup, like in terms of like Vanderbilt's quarterback is okay. Their offensive sure. line stinks. Their running back is okay. Their defense, they have a little bit of talent on the front seven, and their secondary is not bad, but they're dealing with COVID issues in their secondary, and those poor kids are on the field 40 minutes a game. It just was not a great recipe. It, you know, I think some one of us called it a get-right game that last week, and you know, I was actually a little surprised at the line, to be honest. I, thought, I yeah. saw Ole Miss minus 17 and a half. I was like, well, that's, that feels large. But uh, as, as always, Vegas knows more than my brain. <laughs> and Ole Miss got right. I mean, it was it was about as – not only – like, I don't think it can be undersold that, yes, Vanderbilt is bad, but Ole Miss played very well today. Sure. They did exactly what they needed to do and executed very well in what they were asked to do. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's what you're supposed to do when you play a bad football team. You're, you're supposed to take advantage of them, and to their credit, they did. Um, so that's what they needed. They, they come in, they win a game by at least 40 points. It looks like they're trying to add on and make it more um, – going to hit the 60 mark if they're not careful so yeah look Ole Miss played really well Vanderbilt's not a good football team and this is what you get when you uh get that mathematical equation is is a 40 to 50 point win yeah so where where, wherever you want to start with this I'll kind of leave it Um, up to you my thing on this is yes it's all it's all relative right because Vanderbilt is so bad but the throws Matt Corral made today and I know he started nine and nine or ten of ten or whatever but that aside, the throws he did make were right on the money for the most part. I mean, maybe you could argue the second Elijah Moore touchdown was, was slightly underthrown. But other than that, he threw five, six really good balls where you're like, oh, there you go. Where It probably didn't matter who was playing defensive back. I don't mean to be semantical, but he started out 19 of 19 and broke Eli Manning's like most consecutive completions in a row streak. <laughs> um, uh, the, like He was absurd today, and Elijah Moore was even better. Um, had it over 200 yards in the first half, and and man, just just lit them up in the first half. And credit to them to be being ready to go. I thought the offensive line played extremely well against the Vanderbilt defensive line that's not untalented. Um, so I don't know. I, I I struggle because I they can't cover Ole Miss, but but Matt did play well. Um, he played extremely well, and that was good to see after the past two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is exactly what he needed after a struggle the last two weeks, right? Like he wasn't terrible last week. But wasn't great. Had the bad start to the game. You start intertwining Plumley into the mix, and it kind of just leaves this gray cloud above what they're going to do. Even though, as we talked about on last week's post game show, like you probably know what they're going to do for the most part, right? Like last week, the way they used Plumley pretty much proved they don't trust him to throw the ball down the field. Although, hey, he did have that one pass. Like, I mean, <laughs> maybe maybe they should open the book on it. You knew what was going to happen. But it's just how are they going to use Plumlee without stepping on Corral's toes? And today was the Corral show, and you know he made the most of it. So good for him. And these kind of games are important because Corral's been a lot around long enough in the program where, again, I keep reiterating, he still is slightly under a full season of football in terms of full starts. So these type of games are important. He's going to have bad games like he had at Arkansas. He's going to struggle at times, and he needs that confidence to be built back up against 
I mean, for the lack of a better phrase, shit teams like this. And he did it <laughs> today. Oh, uh, me. Uh, side note, just, you know, for your information, Iowa does have the football with a minute 25 left. So just 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 a random note. Um, but, yeah, no, Matt Corral was extremely good. Um, and, and I don't think you can take that away from him. I, 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 I say this a lot, but two things can be true at once. Vanderbilt's defensive backs are god-awful, and, and Matt Corral was really good today. Um, Elijah Moore was really good today. I thought they had a good scheme. They ran the ball, ball well. They always ran, run the ball well. Um, so, yeah, good, good for them, man. It, it, it had to feel good. And you've got a chance going in after this bye week. I think you've got four games right now, and um, I think you're going to be favored in – at least two of them. And I'm not going to be just shocked after today if they're favored in Baton Rouge because that team looks like one that is ready to hang it up for the year. That's what I said to my buddy as we were sitting on this couch earlier a second ago is like, I'm not a big transitive property guy, but like, Oh, Miss gave Auburn a fight last week. And you could argue if not for a caution have won the game. And of course, transitive property is one of the dumber things we do in sports. Sure. But it, it's not, it's not a completely opaque lens in the sense that like you can't get anything out of it and like you know LSU going over there and being granted backup quarterback and all just completely and utterly non-competitive like I think Ole Miss is probably going to beat LSU and to your point when you get to the end of the year what do they look like at that point they're probably ready to quit so you got Ole Miss you sit at two and four and you have a bye week and then you have South Carolina then the schedule stiffens up, right? You've got the stretch of what is it? It's A and M and Carolina, A and M, State, LSU. You could win three of the last four. I mean, I think and it's you... not com- completely unheard of for them. You know, I mean, I I don't think they're going to go to College Station and win. I don't necessarily think that game will ne- be decided by single digits, but it would not be completely unheard of for them to go in there and win. So you've got a realistic chance to win three of your last four. That's what I'm saying. You're going to be favored against South Carolina and Mississippi State. Of that, I, I don't really have much doubt. Um, you might be favored in Baton Rouge by the time that rolls around because, again, LSU is quitting um, before our odds, and it doesn't look like Miles Brennan is coming back. So, um, you know, look, you've got a chance to, in my opinion, win all four games. Do I think they do? No. I think the most realistic option is they go two and two in the next four. Um, but would three and one surprise me? No, I don't. I don't really think so. So you set yourself up at that point to be five and five and go to a bowl game at wherever. Uh oh. Uh oh. Fourth and eighteen at Bandy's twenty-five. What does Ole Miss do? Bring out the field goal unit. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stop being so mean about that. But man, what do you? Okay, but we're bouncing around here. Do you have to do something about this? Because when you what get you in games that count, blah, 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 like. If, 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 extra, extra points. if they had someone better, they'd go to them. Um, they, they don't. So they're trying to recruit somebody, and I think they have. Um, they don't have anybody better. So at that point, it just is what it is. Could I know he's committed, but could you bring in the mayor's son for the rest of the year? Hey, hey, uh, they kicked the field goal. They kicked the field goal. What happened? I'm actually in another in another room recording it. I didn't see what what happened. What what do you, what do you think happened? Um, you know that little tent that Vandy has in one of those end zones. He hooked it left under the upright and ruined some lady's mimosa. <laughs> not not quite that bad, but let me damn, it. I can I can say with certainty it did not get the <laughs> okay. uprights. Look, yeah. Anyway, we'll save that for 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 later. But look. 
like, I'll go. I'll put it this way: three takeaways from this game. Just spit out three. I gave you zero time to prepare. Uh, Don't sure, care. Three. Sure. Uh, Matt Corral was really good. Uh, the defensive line I thought was good at times. Sam Williams made some plays. Uh, made the negative play early in the game that forced and, it. Really kind of got the ball rolling, right? Because if you go down and Ole Miss has a great drive, scores the touchdown. But if you let Vanderbilt. If you let Vanderbilt go down and make it 7-7 there and not offer much resistance, it's like, okay, sure. this is going to be one of those Matt Luke, Southern Illinois games type of deals. Yeah. But that kind and, of set uh, the tone. And and Mac Brown is probably bored because he hasn't done anything today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Does he hold? Is he the holder? Uh, Matt, you know, Mac Brown, did, did he get the DNP today? If he is not the holder, I don't know if he's the holder and it's – it's completely against the entire brand I've tried to build up for this. But if he uh, if he got a DNP today, that's disgraceful. They should have kneeled well, it to bring him out once. Well, there's there's ten minutes left, so uh, maybe maybe they can get him on the field. But I don't uh, think they're going to get him on the field. <laughs> which is just a disgrace. He has one year of eligibility left, and you can't get the kid on tape. Well, I mean, I, if everyone he, else looks as good against Vanderbilt, but at least let him nuke a sixty-five yarder. Look, 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 this year doesn't count. He's coming back next year. Yeah, I mean, could you run him out? Like, he's a tall kid. Could you put him at receiver? If Mac Brown scores a touchdown, I'm just going to jump out of the nearest window. I did see one time in a bowl game, um, I think it was Tulsa, they they didn't punt the whole day, so the last play of the game, or the last, like, two plays of the game, they let their punter take the snap and kneel it. Oh, that would be the peak. Oh, kneel it. That's no fun. I thought you were going to say, like, let him run it. No. That would have been no. the peak of my existence. Let, let Mac Brown run quarterback sweep against Vandy. Yeah, that would have uh, that would God that would have been awesome. A man can only dream. Anyway, so three takeaways. So you had two. You said what? The defense did pretty well. Sam Williams. Yeah, the defense did play pretty well. Like they, obviously they had a couple of your classic old miss like coverage busts. Like hey, where the hell is that? But there was no. There weren't very few plays in this game where they just looked totally lost. Sure. Because Vanderbilt's offensive line issues aside, they are competent enough at the quarterback and skill positions to where if Ole Miss had kind of Ole missed it for the most part, like there was enough where Vanderbilt could have turned this into a frisky 45-24, 45-31 type of game, and that didn't happen. And so good good for them. Ole Miss, it was a combination of this as being a bad opponent, but Ole Miss did play really well today. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, they played really well. I don't really have a th- – I mean, look, the offensive performance was elite. I mean, that for – Against a bad team, sure, but I don't really know what else you could do. I mean, you score on literally every single possession until Matt Crowell comes out of the game, except for the one at the end of the half when you had 22 seconds, and you dang near scored on it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just just perfect on the offensive side of the football. Yeah, you know, we sit here and we do this podcast every week, a profound opinion on these games, and this one is just kind of like, eh, like, it is what it was, right? Like, yeah. Ole Miss did exactly what it was supposed to do, and then some. I actually did not envision Ole Miss blowing, blowing Vanderbilt out to this degree. I didn't. I thought Vanderbilt put up more of a fight. I thought that's they probably, could if, if the defense played well, and, and they did. Yeah, that's fair, and that, that that's probably the genesis of this game, right? Is there Ole Miss? You know, Ole Miss scored. Ole Miss did exactly what you thought it would do on offense. That's a, that's a good point. Like they they scored on. They scored on every drive in the first half, right, except for getting the ball back with 30 right. seconds left, and they almost scored on that. So, what, that's five touchdowns. Five touchdowns and six possessions, and the sixth one doesn't really count. You yeah, played about a perfect half of football. But if you let Vanderbilt score on three, yeah. then it's kind of a different game. Right, exactly, and, and they didn't. So, 
uh, you get some separation. And then Vanderbilt, I don't want to say they laid down, but I mean, at some point when you're down 35, you're not, you're not really interested in competing anymore. So um, good on the defense. They, they, they got an interception. The special teams create so a turnover as well. I mean, it, it was a good day. Good day. You head into the bye week, chance to shore up any sort of like ailing injuries you have, any sort of, you know, COVID-19 issues. You know, it's always unclear what Ole Miss is actually dealing with there. They seem pretty healthy for the most part. They were not in a great place going in the Arkansas game. We're not in a, I say not in a good place going in the Arkansas game, not in a great place as it pertained to that going into the Auburn game. Maybe a little bit of time to shore that up. This, uh, this bye week. I mean, this is like such a cliched thing to say, but comes at a pretty good time for Ole Miss. They build up some confidence. They got some good film out there in terms of them executing pretty well. And then you have two weeks to prepare for a game that you probably can win. I mean, it would it would be a disappointment with the South Carolina team as constructed. I mean, LSU housed them last weekend with the backup quarterback. It would be, I would say, severely disappointing if Ole Miss was not able to handle that South Carolina team in Oxford in two weeks. Absolutely, yeah. I, I don't. Look, it's a COVID season, and, and a lot of things are different. Um, if there's ever a must-win for a program that's got a first-year coach, I feel like that South Carolina one's it, man, because I feel like the difference between, what, two and five and three and four is just monumental. Sure, particularly heading in the last three games of the season where one of your opponents is A&M and the other two are State and LSU where you feel like you have a good shot of winning. You get to three and four by beating South Carolina. Now, all of a sudden, you have a very, very, very outside shot at six and four. But a fairly decent shot at five and five, and all things considered, as bad as the Arkansas game was, you kind of quote unquote pissing away the Auburn game, depending on what kind of lens you want to look at it at and how mad you are at the officiating. That's a success in this weird year. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. You offer any Ole Miss fan five and five before the year and maybe an Egg Bowl victory, yeah, they'd have signed on board, um, you know, uh, immediately. So yeah, that'd be a one heck of a season. You probably get to go to a decent bowl game and. Yeah, people will be excited at that point, man. Um, so, yeah, t- today was big. It, it sets you up to have a strong finish of the year. We all knew that the schedule was, you know, front-loaded with, with really good teams. So uh, you, you've put yourself in position to finish strong, and now you just have to go do it. That's what Houston Nutt said, right? They, they remember November? <laughs> you know who else says that? Matt Luke. And who else says that? Every kind of meathead head coach that doesn't have anything profound hey, to say. They remember November. They remember what you do in November. It's so funny when they, like, like Matt Luke used to say that, and he kind of used to give us a look being like, oh, I'm going to write that down. That's really quotable. And it's like, come on, man. Like, people have been saying this for three decades. They're not putting they remember what you do in November in the newspaper. Anyway, that's (laughs) neither here nor there. Um, Snoop Connor had a good game. I thought they were creative how they used him in the back. They were obviously very intentional with – having Elijah Moore basically have a career day. I mean, they were very deliberate and intentional about getting him the football as often as possible in the first half. The amount of different ways they do it, it was almost like Kiffin was playing a game. It's like, can these clowns in gold stop eight, or am I going to have to use another player? (laughs) And, uh, you know, I think he gets the career uh, total yardage for a game record. I'm not sure if he got the the total receptions and uh, total touchdowns record. I don't think he did. Uh, but, yeah, man, he, he did have a career day. And it's like, you know, if they'd had 12 games this year, he would have shattered every receiving record Ole Miss ever had. Um, they're not going to get oh, it. Oh, man, and he's awesome. Uh, keep yeah. going. Keep, uh, not to interrupt, no. but, yes, absolutely, he's he's awesome. 
Yeah, he would have shattered every single one because you would have played, you know, some southeastern Louisiana's or whoever God's name. Uh, looking at this point, they would have played Baylor, um, who wouldn't have been able to stop him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he would have shattered every single record with twelve games and four non-conference games. But man, for for only having ten years or ten games, he's uh, he's putting heck of a run at it too. Yeah, I ab- absolutely. And what are the things you notice about Moore? And cover your ears, Tom Luganville, because he hates DK Metcalf. But an old Miss receiver, very good at running routes. Elijah Moore is a very good route runner, and I thought that was pretty indicative, particularly on the second touchdown that he caught, where it's kind of the double move, and he just absolutely torched the kid. The ball was slightly underthrown by Corral, but just absolutely torched the kid down the sideline. He's a very precise route runner, and he's just a really good SEC receiver. But outside of Elijah Moore, you know, normally I have some numbers to throw at you in terms of just like, hey, what is the stat line? What did this game actually look like in the box score? But since we're recording it, Uh, during the game and this game doesn't actually matter in that sense um monster numbers for more we'll basically put that that yeah write that down as a saber metric well i mean but i I can pull it up it's not like he's gonna get much more there's like four minutes left in the game uh let's go ahead and roll it here we go as of uh 6 30 left in the fourth quarter elijah moore has 14 catches for 238 yards and three touchdowns seems good Fifteen what targets. Is, what's behind more? So I, that was uh, kind of the point I was getting to. Is I thought Mingo, he you know he made yeah. a nice snag down the left sideline. Six you saw Braylon Sanders sighting. There you Six. go. So what? Uh, th- that's important for Ole Miss. And yes, Vanderbilt here, sucks. Here, here's like, a big one. Here's a big one. Braylon Sanders, three catches for fifty yards and a touchdown. Kenny Yaboa, three catches, thirty-two yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Dante Drummond, four for twenty-nine. That's kind of it. But he did have the touchdown, right? Who Drummond? Yeah, he does yes. have a touchdown. Yeah, so I would say the two things that stick out there is one, you know, the Sanders and I would say Mingo portion of that is important for Ole Miss. Yes, it's Vanderbilt. Yes, they're starting kids that would probably struggle to start a dip in a normal year at corner because of what they have with COVID and kids that left and all that. But hey, you know, Mingo having six catches and being that involved in any football game is a good sign. It's the same thing with Sanders because you talk about a kid who cracked a really talented rotation his first two years, and then the last two, it's just really not come together for him from a health perspective. And Ole Miss is going to be a much better offense down the stretch if they have him as a consistent and viable threat, particularly deep down over the middle of the field. Yeah, absolutely. He, he, he's a pretty good player, and man, uh, you know, last year, obviously, he's not able to stay healthy, but this year he does, and and they're able to get him to football. Obviously, has the touchdown from Plumley today. So yeah, it's it's good to see him, man. They they've got options out wide. I mean, Yaboa when he's playing as well as he has, I mean, they really really do have some options that that obviously take the pressure off Matt Corral. And we've reiterated this a couple of times throughout the last couple of weeks doing this. But like, I mean, Yaboa, you know, Ole Miss brings in a grad transfer tight end and. You know, if he had sucked through the first three games and it just wasn't coming together, you know, he probably would have been an afterthought. It's just like great Ole Miss doesn't have a tight end again, and you don't really think much about Kenny Yaboa. But talk about a kid that's been as good as advertised and more. He's a game changer for Ole Miss offensively. It was a great pickup, and it worked out as good or better than you could have possibly imagined. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you you couldn't expect any more out of him. So, uh, really good job from him. And and obviously they they find creative ways to get him the football. So that's good. Um, yeah, just man, it, it it's funny. You just keep talking, and they they have guys that can make plays out wide, and and they've had that for a while. Um, you know, thankfully this coaching staff knows how to use them. Uh, what were Ely and uh, Snoop's numbers, Snack Statcast guy? 
Uh, I can pull it up. Give me one second. You talking about rushing? Just rushing? Uh, let's see. Stats. Jerion Ely, 15 carries for 95 yards. And uh, Snoop Connor only had five carries for 21 yards. I wonder if he got hurt. Henry Parrish actually has more. He has two carries for 39 yards. Connor caught a couple of balls out of the backfield, though, receiving-wise. I just don't think they used him a ton, and there wasn't a, a necessarily a need to. And then you see Plumlee come in at the end of the game. I have not been watching the last 10 minutes. As I mentioned, I kind of walked in the other room for a place, kind of a quiet place to I'm gonna, record. I'm going to read seen all. Kincaid Dent? No. I, uh, I'm no? going to read off Matt Corral's stat line just because, good God, I didn't realize it was this. Um, 31 of 34 for 412 yards and six touchdowns. Ooh, do those four incompletions seal it? Is it time to go to Plumley? <laughs> Plumley is one of three for thirty-seven yards. Hey, buddy, that one was a strike though. It, it was, was a good strike. throw. It was a great was. throw. Great. Yeah, absolutely. It was great. Wide open, but hit him in stride. Yeah, look, man. As we talked about last week, Ole Miss hey, didn't really have scored. much. They did. Yeah. Well, Vegas <laughs> doesn't care yet. Um, <laughs> but as we talked about last week. We're all Miss kind of sat at one and four and not in a great place in the sense that like, you know, the first three weeks you're like, okay, this team is one and two and they're fun and they're frisky. Then you lose to a very underwhelming Arkansas or uh, I would say a frisky Arkansas team and an underwhelming Auburn team. And you're kind of like, is this team fun or they just suck and score a lot of points while doing it? And the way you taught we framed the quarterback situation is kind of like. Just run with Corral. You have nothing to lose this year. If it doesn't work out, okay, you're going to have the next. At that point, it would have been five games to figure that out and just kind of see where you're at. And this seemed like a pretty decent concrete step. And, hey, you got something here. Just develop him and continue to work with him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, you just you, you continue to work with him. And, look, man, he's got all the talent in the world. So if he can uh, if he can continue to perform, you've got, uh, you got something there. So you've got, what, probably at least yeah, another year, maybe two of him. So – Hopefully, for their sake, he continues to not. Obviously, he's not going to play like he did today, right? But obviously, if you can get him to play at half the level he did today, man, you're you're going to have something over the next two years with him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything really else we missed from this game? I thought Jalen Jordan and a couple of those kids in the secondaries made some nice plays. Keaton yeah, Smith, sure. in my opinion, from the naked eye, did not have a great game. But Jalen Jordan's a kid that continuously just write down in the notes, like, hey, he made a nice play. And, yes, he has some screw-ups, but he's always around the ball, and he seems to tackle better a lot than a lot of his other secondary counterparts, I should say. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think they're – I think, look, I was listening to Richard Cross uh, – coming home and, and and i think he made it really oh, my old colleague dick yeah yeah and he was just like look this defense isn't going to set any records but they're getting better um and i do agree with that I, I think there are some guys that are that are getting better that are becoming better football players than they were at the beginning of the year and obviously that's the hope every single year but i think it's important in old miss's case when you're not as talented as probably you uh would hope to be on that uh, on that side of the football so i look the defense is like you said not going to set records but if you can get better uh, throughout the year, that's that's kind of just what you're hoping for. And I think over the last three games, you, you would be a fool to say that Ole Miss's defense hasn't played better. I think you're right, and I think that's important for a couple of things. Is One, obviously you want to have kids always get better, but there's no – 
look, there's no other way to slice this, right? Like Ole Miss's defensive issues are not getting fixed this year. They need no. more talented kids at most of the positions that they have, probably other than linebacker, and you could use more depth there. They need to recruit better players. They need to recruit a lot of better players. They need to get longer on longer and more athletic on the defensive line. They need to get longer and more athletic in the secondary. Like this is not getting fixed on the field. But with that being said, if you can develop some of what you have on the field and have kind of some bright spots and some kids turn into solid SEC football players, as you, you know, knock on wood if you're an Ole Miss fan, kind of you know, see the recruiting process play out. Because DJ Durkin and Jeff Levy, Jeff Levy, DJ Durkin and Chris Partridge were brought here to recruit. And they were brought here to recruit at a high and at a national level. And so yep. as they start to bring in high-level pieces to implement what they want to do, if you can develop some kids that have been in the system a couple of years and you know develop some guys that you already have to add on to it, that's only going to make this rebuild on the defensive side of the football go faster, and that is important. Absolutely. You couldn't say it about yourself. You're not going to fix it this year. So if you can find guys that, that can play roles uh, for you as you go forward and but try to get more talented and, and recruit yourself out of this hole on defense, um, that's just, just a plus. I don't think this is the defense that they envision being on the field next year or the next two years. Obviously, if they do, they, they're going to struggle. Um, but if you can continue to develop guys like, you know, Jalen Jordan, like a Tyler Knight who played pretty well today, um, if Sam Williams continues to play well, if, you know, there's, there's guys there, there's some guys there that can make an impact. Um, so if you can continue to work with those guys, man, you, yeah, you've, you've got a chance uh, to, in a few years to have a decent defense. It's really the secondary, right? Because, you know, most of these linebackers are upperclassmen, I guess is Momo still technically a sophomore, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Because of the injury last year. So he'll be and a sophomore again next year. So, yeah, you'll have him around, and then you'll have Jacques Jones around. Henry's gone soon, you know, if not this year, next year, whatever. He probably comes back next year. But, yeah, it's mainly the secondary when you talk about the young guys, right? If you can develop yeah. some kids back there, that's going to make the rebuild process go a hell of a lot faster. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You couldn't set it better. Um, so, yeah, I, it's it's encouraging to see. Now, look, you're going to continue to play uh, teams that are confident, or maybe not confident, they'll probably be more talented than you. Uh, but that you can have a chance against in South Carolina and Mississippi State and LSU. And and hopefully, you know, for their sake, they're able to show some some progress and, and continue to play well. For sure. So let's uh, – but there's really not much else to get to here. Let's get some questions before we get out of here. I did post a tweet with some questions. So uh, let's see how that ended up because last week against Auburn ended up really well. People were just very angry. <laughs> um, Let's see. I'll call in to talk about the flag process since that's more entertaining than anything Vanderbilt is doing. I think this guy's talking about the Mississippi State flag. I thought this was already decided. Nah, they got to vote on it on Tuesday to get the one they wanted to prove. Oh, don't vote for the old one. Is that one on the ballot? No, no, it's it's <laughs> it's uh, pick this one or go back to the drawing board. Oh, maybe just pick the one that's on the thing. Let's get this over with, huh? It's yeah. a flag. Yeah, I'm with you there. Completely with you. Yeah, I mean, not to be an ass, but like, who cares? Like, if anything was better than what we had, just get something on paper. Like, we, <laughs> they, let's not get overthink a, this. Yeah, get a flag that's not racist before we let uh, people get ideas. Yeah, the one box you have to check here is non-stars and bars. <laughs> like, if you if you <laughs> if that box is checked, then you're probably straight. Probably okay. Um, Football-related questions, if we can get them. What are the odds? <laughs> 
What are Luke Logan's grows eyes? <laughs> Not great. Not great. <laughs> Today's going to hurt him. Today, today's going to hurt him. I don't know how to answer that. I just, Ole Miss has to do something long term at receiver and, oh, State got to stop. How about that? Good for that. Yeah. That some kid dropped it in the corner of the end zone. Anyway, I yeah, Ole Miss has to do something. At, at I mean, they got to fix it next year. Yeah, I, they look, will. I mean, the only reason, look, if you're wondering, like, how did it get to this point? Like, if Luke Logan having his job after last season, if that wants to tell you anything, it's that they don't have anyone else currently. Exactly. Because if they had anyone else, he would be out there. So exactly. much don't. like the defense, just fix it next year. Yeah, just just walk away and forget it, and don't kick field goals. Yeah, just become kind of a hybrid version of that team in Arkansas. I forget the high school's name that became famous for it. You know, you have a good punter. I would never condone not punting with Mac Brown. But uh, don't ever kick field goals. Maybe don't ever kick extra points. Because <laughs> today, what, he, you know, missed a couple in there. I mean, four of six, I, I get it. That gets you in the Hall of Fame in baseball. But Jesus. <laughs> yeah, four or six would do more to get you in the Hall of Fame. Um, ben retweeted it and then Ben answered the question for us. It says 0.069%. I'd probably have to agree. Uh, it seems a little high, though. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, me. Is Kershaw overrated and why is the answer yes? That seems geared for you. Yeah, look, I'm not dealing with that this week. Not this week. Try again next week. Not Fair enough. An actual question is the defense improving or is it because it was Vandy, perhaps both? I'll answer it this way because I know you kind of, as we talked about what what Richard Cross said, and there is some truth to it. I think you'll probably be able to tell a little better next week. No, like the uh, jury's well, still out. Yeah, yeah. When they play South Carolina, you'll you'll be able to, you know, have an, have a better opinion that look Vanderbilt stinks. I don't think anybody would deny that. Um, so, yeah. Well, what does just, the confidence part do? You know, like what does the confidence sure. of beating up on a dumpy defense do for you? Because they you talk about a kid giving up sixty three points a game. That has to shake your confidence. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you give up what twenty one or so today, and then seven of them in the second half after the game's over. So you're completely thrilled with the that performance. Um, so yeah, we'll be able to see you in two weeks against South Carolina. Next one is from what's the most butt country song of all time? I don't even know what that means. We're not we're doing football only today. I know Ole Miss had some ridiculous and productive impact wide receivers. However, is Elijah Moore by the end of the year the best that's played there? Yeah, that's a little strong. I don't know. He's not gonna get drafted the highest, but when you're gonna put up the numbers that he's about to, it's a fair question. It's a fair question. I mean just out had just outdid AJ Brown from from a total game perspective. I, I don't know. Um, and I think you look at the offense that he had to play in last year. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, I just I think it's a fair question. Do I disagree? Probably, but I don't. I don't think it's that outlandish. No, but my counter would be: What if AJ Brown was at Ole Miss when Demarcus Lodge and Elijah sure. and Demarcus Lodge and DK Metcalf and Dawson Knox didn't exist? Because that's kind of the environment that Elijah Moore is existing in right now. Like, there's no other consistent threat. I mean, Yaboa is probably the most consistent one. He's a grad transfer from Temple, right? Like, he's yeah. it. Yeah, and I get that. But I guess my point would be is that we're, when we're gauging this, that's not how you gauge it. You you gauge it over their time at Ole Miss. And I think, you know, when you consider that what Lane Kiffin's able to do for this uh, for this offense, I think it's a, I think it's a fair question. 
Oh, no, you're right. And the other side of it is also that A.J. Brown did not have to overcome uh, Rich Rodriguez. Now, granted, he had to overcome Philip Longo, <laughs> but that's probably not as hard to do than Rich Rodriguez. So I don't know. He'll be in the conversation. I'd like to see where his numbers are at the end of it and kind of uh, decide from there. But he's certainly up there. I mean, that's not selling Elijah Moore short at all. He's, he's certainly going to be in the conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Was John Wright was letting John Rice Pumley throw Lane Kiffin's way of silencing the thought that JRP should be starting over Corral. So I did not see the two Pumley incompletions. I only saw just the absolute piss missile oh, that were he gave to uh <laughs> to uh, Braylon Sanders. So I don't know how to properly answer this. Yeah, the the, the, the throws before that were god awful. Um, he made the great throw to, for a touchdown. But if if you looked at those first two throws and thought, yeah, this kid's a uh, SEC quarterback, then then we're just seeing a different game. Does this off. offense? Does this game get the offense back on track? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like this four and five wins still a legitimate possibility. I mean, yeah, you're at two with South Carolina State and LSU up. I think it's absolutely a possibility, absolutely. if not likely. And uh, in terms of on track, I don't know if the offense was ever off track, other than being derailed for a game by six interceptions. They haven't been bad since. No, they weren't they're... on all cylinders last week, but they scored twenty eight points. Sure, and and could have scored more. So yeah, I, I don't think they were bad last week at all. Um, so yeah, it's it's we'll see. Well, it's kind of like the defense; you just kind of kind of wait and see, right? Perhaps the best possible way to cap the podcast. The last question is: What is the dumbest thing you've done half asleep? Piss my uh, pants. Uh, punched a hole in a wall in an Airbnb in Fayetteville. Oh, I was there for this. That was a uh, that was a Georgia the result of a Georgia Vandy game. If I'm it not was. mistaken, it, it, it was, was. Uh, it that was, was a scrappy Derek Mason Vandy club and not uh-huh. not a scrappy Georgia club. That was actually a couple weeks after Ole Miss had just housed Georgia. Yeah, it in was. Oxford, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's fair. And uh, just disclaimer: uh, my answer was mostly asleep, not half asleep. So just uh, <laughs> just just. <laughs> Just to throw it out there. Anyway, this pod was short, sweet, and to the point. Do you have any all-encompassing thoughts before we get out of here? Other than, I, I mean, I would prefer you not ask me when and where I pissed my pants as an adult. I, um, but I don't, anyway, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. No, I, I just, I, you know, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you you got two weeks to stew on it. But that's a it's a big game coming up against South Carolina, right? So uh, we'll see what right. happens. But, yeah, right. Going into the day, like there were two schools of thought. Oh, this is either going to roll or you're going to be sitting on your, like, you know, biting your nails the whole time being like, how did this happen? <laughs> and thankfully for them, for Ole Miss, it was, it was the first one. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's about all you can ask for. I don't really have much profound to add about this game. It was what it was. Ole Miss played very well. Vanderbilt is very bad. And what can you do in two weeks with a very important home game to get to three and four with a chance you know, a puncher's ch- if three and four gets you at a puncher's chance to finish at 500 down the stretch. And I think that's kind of where you should frame this if you're looking at this from a results perspective for Ole Miss. I think that's probably the best way to look at it going forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, couldn't agree more. So we'll see. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting finish. Ole Miss has a chance to uh, put up a, a pretty good win-loss record and maybe get to a bowl game for the first time since 2015. We did convince our listeners last week that this week was a bye week. So this even happened. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Next week is the bye week. I was just a week off. Week off. <laughs> no, there's never count. Next week is the actual bye week. We may do something in the midweek. I'm not sure. There will not be a post-game Saturday pod. There will not be a whole lot to break down from Ole Miss not playing anyone. Colin and I will be back next or in two weeks 
after South Carolina. We appreciate everybody listening. I'll have a column up at uh, Ole Miss Spirit on Sunday. A couple more pods next week. Appreciate it, dude. See you in a couple weeks. All right, man. Be good.